We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming at you with a special midday Friday edition. Listen, it's not every day that superstars in the NBA. I I shouldn't use that that term so loosely stars, maybe superstars somewhere in between. I don't know. That's part of the debate. Um, Anyway, it's not every day that players of that ilk are uh, rumored to be getting to traded to the Knicks. Um, one is right now, one uh, Donovan Mitchell, of course, of the Utah Jazz. So uh, we reached out to Andy Larson. Um, if you don't know who Andy Larson is, you will after this episode. I'm sure about that. He has been covering the Jazz uh, for about a decade. He has been covering them for the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, the local paper, obviously, that covers the Jazz since 2018 meaning he has been there for Donovan Mitchell's entire career. Um, he has been all over this story. And uh, on Thursday, so yesterday, he dropped a very, very detailed report about the trade discussions, where they're at. And let me tell you, he gives some really, really nice tidbits in this interview. Um, it's not that long, so you'd be able to uh, bang it out in under a half hour, I think we lasted. But boy, does he pack a lot of information into that time. So I'm not going to talk for any longer. Um, here to talk about the state of trade discussions, negotiations, consternation, whatever other word you want to use between uh, the Jazz and the Knicks uh, of the Salt Lake Tribune, Andy Larson. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, very, very honored to have him on because he has been a busy man of late trying to report on uh, certainly one of the big NBA stories that is 
uh, dominating the landscape and certainly something of great interest to all of us here in New York. Um, he has been covering the Utah Jazz since 2013, uh, been with the Salt Lake Tribune since 2018. Uh, very, very pleased to welcome Andy Larson to the show. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Well, you know, good things don't always happen in the Knicks. And here we are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, we not only try to cover the team, but we, we also unabashedly root for them. So it's, uh, I don't know, I would say it's an exciting time, but also a nerve wracking one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had um, my DMs are open on Twitter, right? Which is sometimes a good decision and sometimes a bad one. <laughs> and I've I know had, that goes. Like, uh, so many Knicks fans in my mentions, obviously just being like, hey, what's going to happen? Can you tell me anything else you haven't reported? And then there have been like some that are like, you know, I just really like Emmanuel quickly. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm just really worried that we're going to trade him. That's, you know, so anyway, I, uh, it's, it's been fun to interact with like, you know, jazz fans are really passionate and they're known for that. There's, but like Knicks fans, just in terms of like size and the number of, of people out there with different opinions is, is a whole different oh, ballgame. So it's, oh, we, th- there are, there are opinions, Andy. Let me tell you, there are opinions. Um, I, I, our time is limited, so I want to focus on the here and now. But I, before we even get to that, I just want to ask one question because you, you are, you know, with this team, uh, you know, whether it's every day or you're with this team a lot, and um, they have been one of the more fascinating stories in the league to watch from afar. Putting aside the the Knicks angle, um, and it, it it seemed to me, you know, with Dwayne Wade coming in with like a new young. I don't want to call him a hotshot owner, whatever, but he, you know, yeah. got, he got the backward cap going for him. So that's something um, it, it felt like things were moving in a positive direction, specifically with Donovan Mitchell. And now here we are was in your opinion, was there like, was it one thing? Was it two things? Was it an amalgamation of things or may, did, was it like nothing broke? And it's just like, this is kind of what happens in the NBA. How, how did we get here? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is kind of an amalgamation of things. I mean, I think you've got one, uh, you know, that he didn't necessarily take that next leap from kind of all NBA on the fringes to being kind of the, a third team, second team, even kind of first team all NBA guy that I think he thinks he can be, that I think his camp thinks he can be. Um, and I think that the Jazz really kind of were counting on him to grow into because uh, you know, that's how you win championships in the NBA is, you know, you, you have one of the five or 10 best players in the league. Um, I, I think there were real relationship issues with Rudy Gobert, even if those have been uh, overwrought a little bit, you know, like I, I think I, I'm not sure it was necessarily unsalvageable, but it was certainly uncomfortable. Okay. Um, but I would also say that the relationships with a lot of people in, in the organization were a little bit frayed at times, you know, so really? whether that was with Quinn Snyder or, uh, you know, management, uh, you know, that he was not unafraid to kind of use his sway in, in his final season. Um, and, and then, you know, I think the biggest thing, frankly, is just like the direction of the team, right? Like, if, uh, you know, Danny Ainge said it in a press conference last weekend, but like last season obviously wasn't any fun at all for the Jazz and they're in the luxury tax and they don't have any cap space to, you know, to do anything. They don't have, they didn't have any draft picks. Uh, they've traded future draft picks moving forward. And so all of a, you know, all of a sudden you've kind of built so much and put so much, you, you know, the Jazz put all their chips into the table for this win now window. 
uh, and you know, were the best team in the regular season two years ago, right? Like they were, they, they succeeded in some way, except that they were clearly falling well short in the playoffs. And uh, then you look at kind of the age of supporting of the supporting cast. And sure. it was just pretty clear that like, Hey, it's, it's not going to get better from here for, for anyone. Um, and so I think that's, you know, why Quinn Snyder ultimately stepped down. That's why Rudy Gobert was traded. And, and then it's like, okay, so now you're at the point where if you keep Donovan Mitchell, you're, you're realistically in, in the middle, you know, at best. And, you know, so, uh, you know, how long do you want to be a play-in team? What are your options of getting out of that kind of play-in window? And, um, you know, it's either up or down and you can either kind of trade the Rudy Gobert Paul for another star and try to build around that. Or you can look at the marketplace and say, Hey, that's going to be really difficult right now. Let's move that win now window down the road and, and see if you can, you can truly rebuild. Yeah. And like just looking at NBA history, you know, even just recent NBA history, the notion that you could be at or near the pinnacle and then go through the Valley and then come back up. Like sure. The Warriors just kind of did it, but that was such a quirky situation. Obviously there was injuries involved. And then you have Steph who is a top five to them player in the NBA. So the way you just answered that question though, I think it's a, it's a great transition because you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong. You are talking about Donovan Mitchell as if, how should I, that, that this is going to happen in, in all likelihood, is, is that a fair assessment of how you're, you're kind of characterizing the situation? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think so. Like, I, 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 I do think that it will. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think that there are other teams out there besides the Knicks for what it's worth. But like, I, you know, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to keep him. And, and the, the you know, I, I think you can and I think you can. You know, if if you don't like the offers that you're getting right now, you could trade them at the deadline. And like, I, I don't think the value changes very much. Um, you know, I, I think Donovan, if you keep him and, and play him for the next three months, you know, he he scores 26 points a game. You know, I think he does it on relatively similar efficiency. Um, he's obviously going to miss Rudy Gobert as like a screener for him and uh, pick and roll partner. Um, but, you know, I, I think he finds a way to, to be a, a really good player. Um, and then you can just do it again later. But I, I think for essentially we're pretty far down this road from my understanding on, on these conversations with the Knicks and, and even other teams. And then, you know, frankly, I, I think when you are hiring a new young head coach in Will Hardy, it's yeah. really tough to say like, Hey, your, your first few months in charge, your first year in charge is going to be answering questions about Donovan Mitchell all the time. <laughs> and, and you're trying to establish a culture and establishing a, a uh, a model of what the franchise wants to be moving forward. And instead you are dealing with a superstar who does or does not want to be there. You know, like yeah, I, I absolutely. Think that's just a really, really tough position to put Will Hardy in. Um, and, and, you know, again, so just kind of directionally. Um, and then finally, you know, I, I do just think that if you are going this direction, eventually you should do it immediately because then you're, you're tanking for Victor Wembanyama, right? Like that's, you, you, you know, if you end up winning 30 games this season, that's also not the best place to be. So um, yeah, you know, I think for those reasons, and again, I, I should say that like the talks have gotten really, really serious is, is probably the number one reason. Uh, I, I just don't expect him to be back. I, I don't think it's impossible, but I, I, I don't expect him to be. And that's a, it's a great transition to my, favorite line of your piece from yesterday again for anybody who's listening and didn't check it out go subscribe to salt lake tribune it's 
great, great, great content across the board. Um, in addition to just Andy's work, but your piece from yesterday, um, you left off the Knicks section by with this kind of I describe it as ominous, where you're saying you know most expect there to be a resolution, it, whether it's you know uh, hours, days, or weeks. Whenever one side has a reason to budge. And it gets us to what I think is the most fascinating aspect of this whole thing, which is where is the leverage? And I think there are great arguments for both sides. And I think you just laid out the argument for why, if you're Danny Ainge, you can project all you want. Yeah, we'll take this into the season. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, if you don't meet my price, I'm going to take it. And then on the other side, it's like if you're the Knicks. Everybody's like, oh, you don't, you know, don't, don't sell the farm. You know, you don't need to do that. Well, if you don't do that, then you don't have Donovan Mitchell. And that may not be a big deal to the Knicks or, or it may be a big deal to the Knicks. It, if you had to guess right now, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you in an unfair position to kind of, you know, gesticulate here. It, do you think there is one advantage to one side or the other as far as who, where, you know, the motivation to get this done? Um. No, I mean, honestly, I think both sides are really pretty motivated to, to do it. I mean, and, and I, I'll say this, you know, as much as we talk about the jazz being stuck in the middle, or I just did just now, like the Knicks are kind of stuck in the middle without Donovan Mitchell too. Right. Like yeah. that's, so that's not a, not a great place to be. And obviously, you know, they had kind of have a, a path to escape by using some of these assets, but um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I think both teams want this. I, I, you know, I, I do think that the jazz do have real leverage with the Miami offer. Um, and which you reported uh, as just to, for anybody who doesn't know it, I believe it was Harrow Robinson for salary purposes and basically all the firsts that Miami can, can throw in. Is that accurate? Yeah. And then, you know, you can throw in uh, some combination of like Max Bruce, uh, yeah. who you know, may be important to the jazz, Gabe Vincent, uh, Omar or seven, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, you know, frankly, they are on the, well, first of all, two of those players actually, you know, started for a championship final or a, a conference finalist, right? Like, so it's, it, I don't want to minimize what those players are, but also they aren't as young, aren't as uh, tied up salary, you know, on their rookie yeah. deals as like someone like Quentin Grimes, right? Yep. Um, so there's, you know, kind of pros and cons to acquiring those guys. Uh, and, and yeah, and then you're, you're probably talking the three first round picks that he can offer, which would be 2023, 2027 and 2029 and probably three pick swaps on top of that. Um, so, you know, that's a substantial offer. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and I did, you know, kind of report that like, look, the jazz, uh, at least some people in the jazz have some sort of affinity for Tyler hero, even beyond what they have for RJ Barrett. Um, that being said, you know, that that's kind of the bar that I would say that the Knicks are kind of negotiating against right now is what the heat can offer. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard about other teams really getting into this conversation. And, you know, some Knicks fans have gotten upset with me in recent days because my thing has been, if I'm Danny Ainge and I have a choice between getting future Miami picks and this is an organization that's been to the finals however many times and been to the Eastern Conference finals, you know, whatever it is, a third of the Eastern Conference finals over the last 20, 25 years versus a team like the Knicks, who has was not done uh, yeah, that. Those, those things. <laughs> and, and again, that's look, I'm a Knicks fan. I hope they win every championship from the rest of time. But if you're Ainge, I have to wonder it like 
you want to make the deal with the Knicks if this comes down to getting either unprotected picks from Miami or unprotected picks from from New York. Is that do you think that's accurate? Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. And you know, I I haven't heard that from the Jazz. You know, I, that's not something that I've I've heard. But like I that just using our logical brains, like yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the case. Yeah. Any other part of it, just to to tie up the loose end of before, and then we'll move on to just talking about the what's on the table, maybe real quick is. You know, we've seen player, well, we've seen player James Harden. You could throw Anthony Davis, I guess, in here, like force their way out by like attitude and play and stuff. Like from you, you've covered Mitchell now for, for since he's been in the league. Do you get the sense that he has the appetite to like through his, I don't know if it's play or attitude or, you know, I mean, the all star games in Utah this year. I'm sure he wants to be, yeah. if he's here, he wants to be in the running for that. Like, do you get the sense that that would be a thing? Um, you know, that has been a topic of much debate and speculation, uh, kind of locally. I, okay. I think um, Donovan's brand is certainly being the nice guy, right? Like Donovan's brand is is being there for the community, is help, you know spending way more time than kind of the average NBA superstar with the general public. And, you know, whether it's giving out shoes or signing autographs or, you know, taking photos, like the, Donovan is legitimately awesome at all of that. Um, that's that's real. Um, if you become kind of the if you demand a trade, does that hurt that brand? And to what extent? I think it probably does hurt that brand. Uh, I don't know to what extent. Um, you know, frankly, I think different people in his camp want him to leave to different degrees. Um, okay. You know, I and you know is. To what extent does a New York superstar make Adidas more money than uh, being a Utah Jazz superstar um, versus, you know, being maybe the second superstar in Miami? Miami, yeah. Question. Um, I, you know, I think Donovan has kind of an up and down mentality on it himself, where like I, I do think that he actually enjoys living in Utah, except for when like. Utah state legislature is attacking him for, you know, some, I guess, critical race theory stuff. Like, um, and he's vocal about that on Twitter, yeah, you know, for sure. Which, you know, I, I you know, you really kind of have to commend him for trying yes. to affect change in, in a, you know, in a red state. Um, I, you know, I, I think it is, you know, I, I think it's kind of fluid, you know, I, the, the report when Quinn Snyder stepped down of Donovan is kind of unsettled and unnerved by Quinn's departure um, seemed to me like kind of a warning shot there of like, Hey, this is what I'm kind of capable of. If you know, we can go to woes at any time, essentially, which okay. obviously like any player can, but um, you know, there, I, I, I don't know um, that. Yeah. Whether he would go to that extent, or I think he's trying to avoid pressing the nuclear option here and, Look, you know, honestly, to this extent, to, to this point, I would say, like, this has gone way more cleanly than I thought it would go. You know, I, I honestly thought yeah. the Donovan Mitchell departure, um, you know, coming out of last season's playoffs was going to get pretty messy. And oh, wow. neither the Jazz nor Donovan's reputation has been significantly harmed up to this point, I don't think. Um, and that's that's kind of been that's kind of been a surprise to me. Um, so. Um, you know, I, I thought it would get kind of snippy and back and forth and maybe there's still time for that. But like <laughs> at, as of this point, like, you know, I, I think both kind of reputations are intact. Hey, you. Yeah, you. 
Got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showering in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using discount code FILMSCHOOL for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just need a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. No need for night vision goggles. This trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. Second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep in your step with the Crop Preserver Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner. With the performance package, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code FILMSCHOOL at MAMS. Manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use your code FILMSCHOOL. It's time you level up from the Amazon to the Amadong with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, it's funny, as you're talking about that, of course, Donovan Mitchell tweets about the New York Mets uh, because that's what he does every day. <laughs> um, he really does love the Mets. I mean, we've he had does. countless, like locker room conversations about, you know, uh, Jacob deGrom or whatever, like, you know, that's anyway, I, it's, it's, it's fun. Well, it's a good time to be a Met fan as my producer and his Mets hat can attest to in the background. Um, okay. Let's, let's get to the, the trade. Uh, you reported that I want to, uh, don't want to put words in your mouth that the, it was an unprecedented return that the jazz initially saw, which was, um, a majority of the Knicks tradable, eight tradable first round picks. They have the four of their own that they could trade. And then four additional ones from other teams with protections plus swaps, plus some combination of the kids. So Grimes quickly topping McBride reddish. Um, then you wrote, uh, Grimes is perhaps the lead target. We've heard that from other places as well. He, our own Ian Bagley here at SNY, um, reported that it, it, it <laughs> do you get the sense that, because it sure seems like this is about the picks. And do you get the sense that if New York relents more on the pick part of this, there will be some more leeway on the young player part of it, whether that's the number going back to Utah or who is going back to Utah? Or do you get the sense that like Grimes is a deal breaker for Danny? Like Any light you could shed on that? I don't know. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't know is the substantial, most substantial part of my answer. Uh, That's fine. You know, <laughs> Thank I, you for being honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say, uh, you know, Quentin Grimes has had a really great summer league. Yeah. Uh, is a guy that I, yeah, I think the Jazz do like and want. Um, I truly don't know, you know, to what extent they value him over. Uh, protections on the next picks uh, or, you know, which picks they get. So, you know, for example, I think a unprotected 2027 Knicks pick is probably more valuable than the protected picks that, you know, that the Knicks have acquired from other teams. Um, I, I really truly just don't know how, um, yeah, those are weighed in Danny Ainge's mind. You know, I, I think, um, as always, you know, it, because it is going to be kind of a long-term window that the guys with kind of shorter rookie time left on their rookie deals, or maybe someone like an Obi Toppin, where you do, you know, you're you are looking at the potential of paying him relatively soon, like maybe yeah, that's, two years or Cam in one year, uh, right? Can, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I, I think um, that's that's maybe a little bit harder, but obviously Cam hasn't necessarily shown enough to get paid a lot either. So, um, well. Yes. Right. Uh, so like, well, I, I truly, I guess, yeah, I'm just going to stick with, I don't know. That's, um, that's I appreciate I, you know, that. basically, I think the, the, the goal is the farm, right? Like the goal is to get as much as possible. And I, I don't know where the sticking points in, in, in leverage are with the jazz. 
Um, you also made a couple more, and then we'll get you out of here. Thank you again for your time today. Um, you mentioned Julius Randle, not likely to be the outgoing salary on New York's end. Um, it seems like Randall is not the most popular asset around the league right now. I, I was had Zach Lowe on the pod uh, a week ago, and he, you know, the best he could offer is like teams are curious about what Randall, if he can get close back to what he was two years ago. Do, do you get the sense that the Jazz is that like? They're just out. They don't. They don't. They don't want to see if they can rehab his value. Like wh- where are they? Yeah, at? I, I, you know, I, I just don't think that if it, that goes necessarily super well for the Jazz, kind of either way, right? Like the contract is big enough that it, even if you do rehab his value, I don't know that you're getting a ton back in return. And if he is good, then you know you're you are maybe in the middle again, right? Like he mm-hmm. maybe that gets you to thirty wins or something, right? Um, I, I think. The other thing is that the Knicks kind of do, from my understanding, see Julius as an upside play in their in his own right for the Knicks, right? Like okay. uh, that if you are acquiring Donovan Mitchell next to RJ, you know RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson, etc., um, that having you know if Julius Randle does have good teammates around him, can be what he was two years ago, then you know that that provides upside potential for the Knicks. Um, and to a greater extent than someone like Fournier or Derrick Rose does just because of, you know, I, I, you know, I think what the perceived potential of those guys are as players. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of similar to in the Rudy Gobert deal when we first started to talk about what that would, that return would look like from Minnesota, kind of everyone kind of figured that like the return would be D'Angelo Russell is kind of the obvious salary yeah. uh, ballast in that deal. But the jazz didn't really have any interest in D and the, you know, the wolves wanted to be good and figured like, Hey, we'll uh, probably benefit more by having D than having Russell as uh, sorry, Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly. So um, that's kind of, I think it, it, it feels like kind of a similar situation in this case. Um, two more quick ones. One RJ Barrett. It, it seems like that is as much about, He's getting so close to the payday combined with the fact that, uh, again, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It seems like what for the gist I get from your reporting is that the Knicks, the Knicks really value him. So it's like the Knicks wouldn't put him if the Knicks put him in the package, it wouldn't be a whole lot else going if they even did put him in the back. Is that the type of thing? Yeah, I, I think it is just at that point, that is about prioritizing the picks, right? Like, okay. yeah, I, I think that's where. Jazz want those picks back and would prefer the picks back over RJ Barrett. Okay. Um, and then last, I, you know, I, I would be a, a bad podcast host if I did not ask again, that you're not reporting this right? the, the aggregators, just I, I, your opinion. If you had to, you know, you, you said hours, days, weeks, if you were, yeah, that was to- some really generic, uh, unspecific reporting on my part, right? Like, I think I first had the Knicks fans have made fun of me a lot for that line, and I, I think like, no, it's a great uh, line because it's <laughs> but, no. But can I just say interject real quick? I I reached out to someone with the team. Uh, I think I said this last night on the live stream. They said you could tell me it's tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked. You could tell me it's October. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think that's kind of my vibe too. And and again, like, there it's not that they are. You know, they're having significant discussions. They had significant discussions on Tuesday, you know, they're about which pieces would be involved. And 
Uh, you know, I think obviously the jazz asked for a lot and the Knicks were kind of shocked by how much they asked for. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was obviously a, there was a quick, you know, no, that's not going to work for us, but here might, might be what does and uh, some back and forth there. And again, conversation on RJ Barrett's value and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so I, I think my understanding is that these have been pretty productive conversations. Um, but, you know, there is still obviously a gap. Otherwise, this deal would be be done. And it's just hard to know when those gaps are, are going to be, you know, closed. You know, in, in, in the case of the Rudy Gobert deal, right, like there was kind of some outside pressure where the Timberwolves were saying, hey, we can go out and get Miles Turner for a fraction of this price. Um, and so, you know, in the end, uh, there was kind of some urgency from the jazz side of things to just get that done. Right. Which, sure, and then yeah. in the end, heck the wolves gave up a ton. Right. So I, I, I think it's, it's these conversations are, are pretty fluid and, you know, it can, can kind of start and stop again, I guess I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I truly just don't know when this is going to happen. Um, and so that's why I hedged more than I've ever hedged in my life with hours, <laughs> days, or weeks. I, I mean, you didn't say years. If, if you had said, if you had said yeah, years, right? That, yeah, that would that would have been different. Um, anyways, I cannot thank you enough for the time. Uh, truly, just for anybody at home who may not know where to find you or yourself, you just uh, let them know before you go. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Andy B Larson, and then obviously I write for the Salt Lake Tribune. So a one of the the only nonprofit local newspapers in the nation, which oh. we're very proud of, and is is very cool. So, um, yeah, check out our writing there, sltrib.com. Awesome stuff. Uh, we'll uh, maybe hit you back uh, before the Jazz play the Knicks this season, uh, potentially with you know an interesting matchup on our hands. We'll, we'll yeah, see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I mean, I imagine uh, if that you know when if and when this trade happens, I'll be. Uh, headed to New York and we can meet then. And, and uh, definitely will be interesting to see how Knicks fans and that, that first jazz game goes. If, if, you know, if this does come to pass. That, that sounds like a plan. All right. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Andy. He's great. Um, I, I do look forward to having him on during the season, potentially to talk about, uh, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell's first trip back to Utah. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Feels like this is going to happen. But I've thought that before and been wrong about other things. So uh, we'll see if I'm wrong or right this time. Anyway, if you dig the show, you like what we do here, please uh, help us out by subscribing to either your, the show on podcast, uh, wherever you let you get your podcast. Um, and we are, I believe we are now less than 100 people away from 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you've always listened to the show... And you're like, you know what? I like the show. I want to help those guys out. They're good dudes. Go just go log into YouTube and subscribe to Nick's Film School. You might put us over uh, 10,000 subscribers, which would be really, really cool way to uh, potentially celebrate a big trade. Anyway, uh, you could also leave a five-star rating, drop a review, all those great things that help us out. All right. That's it. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, as always, if there is any breaking news, we will be there with you for a live stream, the whole thing. Uh, but until then, talk to you soon. Peace out.